Hello, and welcome to the Cat and Odd Pod. I'm Cat, And I'm Odd. And we're going to be talking about real, personal issues while sharing fun stories. And we both had our fair share of struggles and mental health issues. And really, Kat and I just connected and we want to just use this to talk openly and honestly and, and let people feel understood and maybe even help a little. Um, I think that's it. Let's dive in. gathered here today to <laughs> discuss Catherine's ascent into discovering that she her purpose is to be a writer so with that being said I'll just pass it on over to you <laughs> that was so elegant as you put on that that hoodie all right, so part one. <laughs> you always have just you just have it planned out and ready to go. Just yeah, part one. Let's I, go. I do have it planned out. So part one. I have a very addictive personality. I'm yes. <laughs> I'm always obsessed with things, <laughs> and I do not casually like anything. As we just discussed before recording. The Taylor Swift fiasco. <laughs> uh, May Martin actually has a great bit of this about this sort of phenomenon in her Netflix special. And she said, uh, I've never liked anything. I've only ever loved things. <laughs> and that spoke to me so much. I'm like very singularly focused. I have like one to two obsessions at a time and they take up my whole world. That's 100% accurate. I can confirm that. Knowing you <laughs> since we were 13 years old, I can probably, like, if you gave me a moment, I could probably name off those things over the years. <laughs> I made, I made a little list. I made Perfect. a little list, so if you, but if you can chime in, go for it. But uh, wait till the list comes around. All right. So, yeah. So, some of my past obsessions, for better or worse, <laughs> include, uh, as we discussed the last time I was sharing, Ashley Simpson. Yes. Uh, Travis Barker from Blink-182. Yes. Twilight. <laughs> yep. An ongoing Taylor Swift obsession. And I went through, like, a really strong Hamilton phase, which I still love Hamilton. I think it's a brilliant piece of theater. But, like, I was really into it there for a little while. Katy Perry and Russell, uh, whatever his name is. The obsession was Katy Perry. Russell Brand was by association. Are there any others that I left out? I'm sure there are. Not that come to the top of my mind. Those are most of the ones. Robert Pattinson's exclusively involved in Twilight. That's true. That's true. But yeah. All right. So a few years ago, I, I added a new obsession to my growing list. And that was Saturday Night Live. Uh, and so I started watching that every week. I, um, I started to learn about all the cast members. I joined the subreddit. I was just like totally enamored with the show. And then when we moved to New York, I was thrilled that I could go to the show. 
<laughs> um, and like, let me tell you, it's like the most magical thing in the whole world. There's like, everything is happening all the time. They're like moving stuff around, like things are going together at the last second. It's wild. And I highly recommend if you can go see a taping of Saturday Night Live, you need to go. And if you can't go, there's a video uh, called Creating SNL The Control Room on YouTube. And I, I recommend that because it, it does a really good job of showing like the madness that goes into pulling off a live sketch show every single week. So even though I could talk about that for days on end, that's not really why we're here. It's just sort of like a backdrop to what I'm about to tell you. Um, <laughs> so, Because one of the other things that happened when I moved to New York was that I started a new job. And it's the job that I still have. And my manager at this job is amazing. He's very dedicated to everyone finding like their higher calling. He wants everyone to discover their passion and their talent and hone it. And he wants to put you on a path to make that talent a bigger part of your life. Um, and I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. And one day he sat me down and he informed me <laughs> that I'm a writer. And I didn't really know what he was talking about. Uh, and then he explained that I'm really good at communicating through text in like a clear and concise way. Um, so my role at the company shifted to where I was writing more things, you know, be it confirmation letters or emails or just like client communication, um, blah, blah, blah. But I kept thinking about what he said. And as I did, I realized that I'd been writing things for fun my whole life. <laughs> and I just never, I never thought about it. Um, mm -hmm. Like I used to write these little like comedic essays in college. Um, me and a friend tried to write a movie in high school that was really bad. Um, <laughs> and I always loved like any assignment that involved creative writing. I was into. Uh, like don't ask me to do informational like academic shit though because I hate it. Mm -hmm. um, but so I started thinking of myself as a writer, which led me to want to write more. So I sat down and I started thinking about what I wanted to write. And then I ended up procrastinating. <laughs> and my normal procrastination method is like watching SNL clips on YouTube. And then it was like, ding, 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 like a light bulb. It's like, why don't I just write one of these? Um, and so I did. And it was really fun. And so I wrote some more and it kept being fun and then I signed up for a sketch writing class and it turns out I'm pretty good at it like mm -hmm. it's it's really fun I really enjoy it and I actually seem to have a knack for it and kind of coinciding with that I was hit with the realization that writing the sketches at Saturday Night Live is someone's job and I realized that I could be one of those someone someday, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, like, it's a hobby. And they're like, oh, shit, this can actually be a job. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a really big moment for me. Because uh, just, like, stay with me. I don't know if any of this is going to make any sense. But I think it's easy to get caught up thinking that there's only, like, a few specific outcomes to a dream. Like, if you want to be a writer, the first few things that come to mind are, like, novels and movies. Or if you're 
<coughs> or if your passion is karate, maybe you think that can only be a hobby unless you become like a karate master that opens a studio. Mm-hmm. But the fact is you could also run a karate after school program. You could choreograph fights for like TV and movies. You could have an instructional series on YouTube. There's so many ways to incorporate your passions into your life. Um, so in my mind, I was like, oh, I really love SNL. I'm not an actor. I guess I'll just watch it forever. And that's my participation level. And then it suddenly occurred to me, oh, hey, I have this skill that could be utilized for that. I like being funny. I like making people laugh. I like writing. Cool. That, that tracks. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, say I was an artist of some sort that really likes uh, TV or really likes, you know, that we'll keep going down the SNL specific path. Like, <laughs> okay, well, like, they have people that build props. They decorate the sets. You know, they design costumes. So, like, the point I'm trying to make is just that there are ways to combine your passions with the skills you have, and it may not seem obvious to you at first. Um, And you may have skills that haven't presented themselves to you, or you haven't even thought of them as a skill yet. You may just think this is a thing you do. Um, I think it takes a lot of thought and reflection and probably a little guidance. Um, Because I thought writing these little stories was just something I did until someone literally sat me down and told me I was a writer, and then I was able to think of myself as one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, here we are. Here we are. So, let's unpack this. All right. I liked a lot of things you said. So, going back to your obsessions, I do remember those. Pretty much everyone you've named. I'm trying to remember if there's anything additional. I bet there is, but I'm just... I'm sure. But... Green Day. Yeah, Green... There we go. I was going to say, it was a good Charlotte. I was like, no, Green Day. That's what it was. So, Blink-182, you know, I was a big fan as well, but I was more of a Tom DeLonge girl. Yeah. But also, I was going to ask you, what was the third person that was not Travis Barker? In Blink-182? Yeah. Mark Hoppus. Mark, right. So, I was a Tom DeLonge girl, and then my friend Kay was a a Mark Hoppus girl. So, good to know you're Travis. We would have all worked out. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to see Blink-182 in a couple weeks. I'm really excited. Blink-182 is awesome. Six row. I'll never forget. I was like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, it must have been like twelve. Saw them like six row and Taking Back Sunday was one of their openers. Nice. Yeah, I was. I wore two belts. <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably wore four, but okay. Uh, I liked it. You set it up as a backdrop. So, uh, what about like, and maybe this is more towards. Saturday Night Live but also it's more towards like all your obsessions and you don't have to go through every (laughs) single one but like what entices you about these people and these things like what is it that gives you the hook is it just totally random or can you highlight like a specific like characteristic or indicative factor you know that's a fantastic question (laughs) what is it I think huh let me look at the list. Okay, so I think some of them maybe have, or really, I don't know, maybe all of them have a slight romantic factor to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so romantic in what way? Describe that more for me. Give me more context. Well, like, so, like, if we go to, like, Twilight and Robert Pattinson, like, I had a crush on him. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Travis Barker, like, I thought he was 
I don't know that I, I think he's cute, but it was more like a, it was more admiration. like admiration because like I played drums. I wanted exactly. to play like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of them, like I maybe didn't realize, like as we talked about, like I don't think I knew that I had a crush on Katy Perry, but I, <laughs> I did. Who um, didn't? I mean, Teenage Dream Era was, yeah, a thing to behold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast we could do. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think there's probably, I think that maybe factors into it. But I think also something is. For the most part, they're doing something that I can relate to. Like, I, I'm really interested in music. I love consuming music. I like making music. So maybe yeah. that's why. And then, like, with SNL, it was like, I started to realize how much of a role comedy played in my life. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny, because that's a thread I can see forever. Yeah, but it never occurred to me. It's funny the things that are so obvious to the people that are closest to our lives are can be yeah. so just above our heads. Like, Audra, how did we make a million funny videos and it never occurred to me that I was a comedian? I don't know. I really <laughs> don't. And like, well, how did that just go right over my head? That's insane. I really don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, and... I I just think that it's always been interesting to think about your obsessions too because, and this is just a difference in our personalities, I've never been that type. I've never, <laughs> can you think of a single thing or person that I have just been die hard on? No. Yeah, no. It's just, I mean, I always have had a, endless amounts of purposes and, and passions, but there, it's never been a fixated, fixated obsession, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I just think it's interesting. Um, so moving right along, you said that, so you moved to New York. I know you love your job and your job is awesome. Uh, what I know about it. And you have this amazing leader, which I think sounds like so empowering because really that's like the ideal work environment. It's just not the typical work environment right? where you have a manager who really is seeking out purpose and then literally like trying to hone those people's skills in that area and then put them into a job that highlights them. I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear more about your manager. What about him like alludes to that and exudes that. And also like what, um, like how does he bring that out in people? And also can I have his number or can I meet him next time I come to New York? (laughs) (laughs) I would love for y'all to meet because I think you would love each other. Yeah. yeah. Like I actually told him recently, I was like, you would love Audra. Because so, <laughs> you're both, you're similar. Like, you both talk about energy a lot and, like, reading people's energies. But he's just, I think he has a passion for just, like, young, creative people. So, for example, he, and he's very, he does not like to think in the box. Yeah. Like, he, so he came up with, well, why don't, as a marketing tool, why don't you write some sketches about mad science? And I was like, well, yeah, that's a cool way to use my skills for the company. So like we made a whole sketch series um, and we use it to like to advertise and stuff. Um, And then there's another guy I work with who's an artist and we moved to a new space and he had that guy um, make, you know, three beautiful art pieces for us to put on the wall. Um, So he's really good at identifying he, he sees people. I don't know right. how he does it, but like he, 
He sees mm-hmm. you and he reads you and he says, okay, yes, this is your skill. Let's find a way for you to utilize that here. And it's amazing. That's blessed. Yeah. Because it could easily be just like a boring job that I'm not invested in. But since he's there and he's doing these things, I am. I mean, there are other factors as well, but like the, uh, he's a big part of it is, you know, he believes yeah. in me and he, I believe in his vision. Your, yeah, your leader is so important, mm-hmm. so important to your job satisfaction and also just your ability to grow it within whatever your position is. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to meet him. I want him to tell me what my purpose is. <laughs> but I did listen to this podcast recently, <clears throat> and I cannot remember what podcast it was or who it was speaking. So basically, credit goes to whoever this is, but I don't know but no one's, not enough people are going to listen that it's going to matter, so it's fine. So this person described, like, purpose in her mind for so many years was this something that, like, most people are born with, and you just have to work your ass off, and, like, that's how you develop purpose, and you just have to work, 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 and that's purpose. But then she realized that, <clears throat> very generally speaking, there are actually two types of people. There are the t- jackhammers which is what society kind of describes purpose to us like and some people are this way that they're born and at some point in their life maybe not necessarily as a child but at some point they realize what their purpose is and they just go full throttle at it and those jackhammers a lot of times know earlier on and that is their purpose and they like I'll take Jonathan for example we seem to talk about him in every podcast so I'll just keep doing it his he has many passions don't get me wrong but his passion is and will forever be biking since he was a kid in so many different outlets. But helping people bike, being a BMX athlete, fixing bikes, you know, that is his doing the trails. Like that is his passion. Whereas there's the other set of us, which I definitely 100% am, is hummingbirds. So we don't have one defined purpose. We go from purpose to purpose Gently, like, sucking out the nectar of that purpose. And then when we're done there, we float on to the next purpose. And those of us who are in the hummingbird category, and I can definitely speak from my own experience, have moments in time in our life where we feel like, what the frick is my purpose? What, how am I supposed to know what my purpose is? You'll ask your, I've asked my, I asked my friends, what, what am I good at? What's my purpose? I don't, and it's hard because they all have yeah. different. We've had <laughs> different. this conversation on this us. Yeah, and so I think that that's something I've come to terms in. And in addition, purpose is ever-evolving. Purpose grows, and you can have multiple purposes, I think. And so, like, I think for me, it's becoming okay with the fact that I don't have one defined purpose besides just, like, living my purpose presently each day. (laughs) I like that. Jackhammers and hummingbirds. Yeah, and I, I feel just like I'm somewhere in between. I think so too. Because like once I find something, mm-hmm. oh, I push you jackhammer it head first in, which like which is like relative to the obsessions too, right? True. Like, and <clears throat> so I think that's just an interesting connection that I kind of thought about when you were talking. Yeah. So you know, I think just connecting it back to the original question was that's awesome about your boss. And I wish that more leaders were this way. So he kind of actually led you to be like, Hey, you're a writer. And and he was able to kind of highlight it within yourself. And you were like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, you know? Right. So 
I, uh, I think that's really powerful. Just looking down my list here. So you talked about how a lot of people get caught up in a few specific outcomes to dream. And then you actually expanded on that a lot, which was awesome. My question is, why do you, yeah, it it does make sense because, and this is my interpretation of it, but, but it's about like, it's another layer of like conditioning we receive, whether that be like societal family, just our environment or just our own like thinking, limiting beliefs. And, and we uh, forget to, think of the possibilities and we limit ourselves and that's so that's so real so I was gonna ask you I mean I kind of just said my answer but why do you think people why do you think people limit themselves so much I think a lot of people are scared because mm-hmm. I think it can be scary to admit that you want something Um, and I think it's, to some extent, it's easier to never try than it is to fail, but you ultimately, I think that will end up being harder for people because regrets are difficult to deal with. Um, but I mean, even, even with me, as sure as I can openly say here right now, yeah, I'd love to work for Saturday Night Live. When I was actually in my, like, Sketch 301 class, they asked what our, like, ultimate comedy goal was. And, like, I had a really hard time being, like, well, work for SNL. Because you're with people that, like, actually have the contacts and the skills. And you're, like, yeah, I'm just this little. It's kind of like an imposter syndrome thing. I'm, like, oh, yeah, like, you you actually could do that. And now I'm just going to claim that I want to, too. Um, right. So I think it's sometimes it can be scary to admit you want something, and then everyone knows you want it, and therefore they will know if you don't get it. Does that make absolutely one hundred percent? Because I realized that lately that there are so many things that I have always known that I wanted and just ne- and just hid for mm-hmm. various reasons. Because a, the way I was taught to be wasn't it didn't fall in line with that. But also, I just never believed I could truly do those things. And mm-hmm. now, as I'm getting older, I just realized, like, wow, I've, here are things that I've constantly played in my mind for the last 28 years. And so, or, like, maybe not, tw- let's not get crazy, probably, like, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not going to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. interested to know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you. I don't care. I'll on tell podcast, a few of them, not the all of them. Podcast. Yeah, I, not all of them, but a few of them. Well, I always wanted to be in a band, whether that be, like, singing or playing an instrument. I mean, I did play the drums for a little bit growing up, but not for long. But We've talked sure. about starting a band so many times, and we've never done it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But because, because I felt that I, I was told in eighth grade, someone told me that I was a bad singer. And ever since then, until probably the last few years, I stopped singing around people. And it's just so funny because now I'm, as an adult, I realize that really what defines a good singer? Because, yeah, of course, there's well, a great most technical. people aren't. Yeah, and really there's a great technical singers, and I will never be that. But I really can have a stylistic voice when I want. 
And so that's something that I, you know, instead of getting sad about and doing the regret over it, I just, I try, like, obviously I'm not like taking action right now, but I mean, I sing with, I sing with my friends and I sing with my partner. And like this year I recorded a little happy birthday song and like sing it, you know, like I, you know, it's just what, that's one of them. That's interesting because I kind of have that same thing. I mean, I actually am a bad singer, very tone deaf. Um, but like, I don't like, I won't even sing in the car with most people. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I thought you were talking about the band. I was like, you are in a band. You're oh like, no, I've minority. been in several bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like less about being like a lead, like, I've never been like, I just want to be a lead singer. Like I've right. never had that vision necessarily, but it's just more about like being part, like I love the music and I love harmony and the energy of like uh-huh. creating music with people and I just think it would be so empowering to like just be in a group of people and just contribute and, you know, and, and like music, bring that life. To, people can yeah, enjoy. Yeah. But that's something I never pursued hard because of, I mean, different choices we make, right? We can look back yeah. and we can blame it on so many things, but also it's just a choice at the end of the day I made to not stand up for myself and what my authentic voice. Yeah. So maybe one day I'll fulfill and maybe I won't. You will. To be determined. <laughs> So, I love that you said, this is your equation. Passions plus skills plus thought and reflection plus guidance. Equals. Equals. Who knows what? (laughs) The universe will tell you. Equals a happy life. That's Catherine's guide (laughs) that she has not achieved yet to a happy life. So, I guess my question, one of my last questions is... For people like me who maybe wonder what our purpose is, I have purposes, but I have too many and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. What's your, do you have any things to say to those people? Um, yeah, come talk to my manager. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Um, I'm like shying away from saying like, do you have any advice for them about finding their purpose? Because I'm like, don't want to like lead you, but it's just more yeah, of like. no, I think, I think maybe if, if you have thought about it and reflected on it you don't know maybe ask your friends what they think you know because I mean genuinely sometimes it just doesn't if I had asked you before you probably would have said like yeah Catherine you're funny like hilarious um so I think ask your friends you know how they see you what's what's your defining trait to your friends and then see where that leads and see you know really think about Think about what you're passionate about and think about, you know, all the potential things that go into that passion. Um, so, you know, if you're passionate about movies, there's, there's a thousand people required to make a movie happen. One of them probably incorporates a skill or trait that you have. Um, and so I think maybe, you know, maybe that could be helpful. I don't know. So then there's my last, here's my last question set for you. How do you see me and what's my defining trait? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Andra's defining trait is, I think you, you're good at guiding and comforting people. Um... Which I guess kind of speaks to your past job as an educator. Um, 
but I think you're passionate about, you're an introvert, but you're passionate about people and helping them. And I think you're, I think you're good at seeing people and guiding them. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, thanks. Sorry to put you on the spot there. I just wanted to take your advice and ask a friend, you know, what my defining trait was. So I'll take that into consideration as I then (laughs) add skills, thought and reflection and guidance to it. (laughs) Guidance. Check. (laughs) Perfect. We'll make it an ad. It's a crest sensitive teeth strip for our sensitive folks. This is one of our advertisements that we're not getting paid for. Hashtag sponsored. <laughs> sponsored by We Bought the Product. We sponsored them. <laughs> Essentially.